0: The exciting, dangerous world of James Bond has arrived in Los Angeles. The Peterson Automotive Museum invites you to experience the cinematic legacy of over 30 iconic vehicles of James Bond in the new exhibition, Bond in Motion. This new Bond exhibition features the largest official collection of 007 vehicles in the United States, including the 1977 Lotus Esprit S1 Submarine and no time to die Aston Martin DB5. Plan your visit today at peterson.org backslash bond. That's P-E-T-E-R-S-E-M dot org backslash bond. Two hundred and sixty seven
1: thousand dollars. I'll shuttle for one dance with Domino.
2: Any other two? Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. May I cut in?
3: Play it again, Sam.
2: Charming
0: tune Welcome, welcome everyone, to the 24th episode of Bond Music Six of the Best, our ongoing series discussing the Bond movie soundtracks. And this month we return to the world of Bond spin-off albums. With a listen to Alan's latest pick, not from where I'm standing, from the wedding present and friends. I, of course, am Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Some know me as Death Probe, and with me is my best friend, whether he likes it or not, Mr. Alan J. Porter. Welcome back, Alan. It's been a little while since we recorded. It has, and you mean I don't get a choice over this best friend thing? No, you're locked oh. in. <laughs>
3: Damn, I, didn't, I didn't see that in the contract. Where was that? <laughs> Just roll with it, man. Oh, okay. it's good to be back yeah we were just talking before we started
0: recording it's november since we last did one of these something like that yeah Yeah. i think we released one in december anyways yeah all you folks have been waiting for us we're back we're back we are back (laughs) and here's a reminder how the six (laughs) here here we go alan here's a reminder (laughs) how the six of the best format works so we're going to have a discussion of the overall album and for each show, either Alan or myself has the lead. Alan has the lead on this one. He brought the album, which means he gets to pick the first three tracks that are his favorite, and I have to pick my favorite three tracks from what he's left me, hence the six of the best. Sometimes we put a bonus track. Sometimes the math doesn't make sense, but it's always a good time. So as always with
3: these uh, spin-off titles, let's kick off with uh, why I picked the album and how I discovered it. This is actually a relatively new album for me. I first heard of the album on one of the fun O fm Bond music shows that the, the guys at the O files or particular Don Zudeman does at the O files those three, four-hour Bond music extravaganzas. I think he's done like three of them so far. Okay. Uh, they're really cool. I think it was on the last one, if memory serves me correctly, I believe he played the version of You Only Live Twice that's on this album, which was the first time I'd actually heard of it or heard of the project. And then a few months later, I was actually on the Bond and Beyond podcast. Yes, I'm afraid I just sell myself out to any Bond podcast. Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> air, and I'm sorry. But anyway, I was talking with the Bond and Beyond podcast guys, and we were chatting off air before recording, as you do. And I think it was Alex from the show mentioned that Not From Where I'm Standing project would be a good pick for six of the best, which was a nice surprise that, one, he actually listens to six of the best episodes and he knew what we were doing. And two, it was a second mention of that album, and I thought, wow, okay. And he told me a bit about the background of it, and I thought it'd be a good choice. So I went and uh, downloaded a copy, gave it a listen, and decided it was a really good pick for this show. So uh, here we are. So, uh, Jared, have you heard of it before I brought
0: it to the show? No, no, I hadn't. Uh, You used an interesting phrase a second ago. You said Alex knew what we were doing. So if he could tell us... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is that, (laughs) (laughs) Then we'd all know what we were doing. But no, no, I haven't uh, heard of this album until you recommended it for the show. So you said it was going to be a pick. I went and looked into it and it was immediately taken. We don't talk about this a lot in the podcast, but I was immediately taken with the cover art. It was very old school Bond. Oh, well, help me out, Alan. Who's the famous painter that did all those early Bond ones? Uh, McGinnis. McGinnis. Robert McGinnis. Bob McGinnis. Yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Very retro 60s feel to the. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I saw that cover. I was like, yeah, that's cool. So that's how I found it. You brought the show and I gave it a listen. So
3: a little bit of background, not from where I'm standing, is a collection of 20 Bond themes covered by the current and former members of the group known as The Wedding Present. If you've not heard of The Wedding Present, they're an English indie rock band. Originally formed in 1985 in Leeds, West Yorkshire, not far from where I went to college. The band's music, you can hear it, it's evolved from fast-paced indie rock to sort of more varied forms. The interesting thing about The Wedding Present, it basically is throughout the whole career, they've been led by vocalist and guitarist Dave Gedge, and he is the band's only constant member. It seems to have a fairly healthy revolving door of membership. I actually found a list of past members online, and it had 24 names on it. And there was even actually a nice colored bar chart for you to figure out who was a member of the wedding present at what point in time. So uh, when it says that they said this album was going to be from people connected with the wedding present, there's a long list to oh. choose from. But the band, despite uh, its sort of seeming constantly changing lineup, has had a total of 18 singles in the UK top 40, including a historic run of 12 singles, one each month in the year of 1992 which tied Elvis Presley's record for the most top 40 hits in a single year. Not bad. Not bad at all. I was doing the research on this, and uh, David Gedge very nicely conducted a pretty insightful interview on the origins of this actual Bond-related project. So rather than me try and paraphrase what he said in that interview, I'm actually going to quote him at length. Sorry, my Yorkshire accent is not that good anymore, so you'll just have to take this whatever accent this is. It's better than mine. So, Gedge was asked, where do ideas like this come from? And this is, is what he replied. Well, I can tell you that this one was born during a sound check in New Zealand in 2013, when the band were playing around with the main melody of the classic Bond theme, You Only Live Twice. We decided then that one day we should probably attempt to recover this amazing song. And we ended up doing just that during the recording sessions for our Going, Going album. And we thought that was that. During a later tour, drummer Charles Layton was driving the van and I was sitting in the front passenger seat. On journeys like these, Charlie would often plant little seeds of ideas in my mind, knowing that I would go away, think about it, and then return to some kind of master plan. He said, you should release a compilation of Bond songs, and that was all he needed to say, really. Most of the themes from the Bond films would effortlessly feature in a list of my favourite ever pieces of music, so I was never not going to be excited about the idea of reimagining 20 of them. And then came another idea. Each of the artists in this proposed compilation would be required to have a connection to the wedding present. I like the unifying feel of that. I suppose it appealed to the collector in me. None of the artists I approached asked for payment for their track. So the obvious thing to do was to make this a benefit album. Which is a pretty cool story. Mm-hmm. As David Gage mentioned, this was in fact a, a benefit album. 100% of the profits from the album sales are donated to the campaign against Living Miserably, which I think is one of the most awesome charity titles that I've ever come across. Um, it's
0: definitely uh memorable.
3: Yeah. And of course the acronym for that is calm C A L M, which is even better. And as the Amazon marketing blurb says as a quote, as a band always exploring new ways to showcase their music, this serves as a fascinating insight into the strength and diversity of its members. And to be honest, I wouldn't disagree with that. I was very pleasantly surprised by this album. So what did you think, Jared?
0: All right, sir. I thought it was definitely interesting I guess very British. <laughs> I just, I'll uh, say that's a compliment. Yeah, I i, I guess so. Like y- you just read off these amazing accolades for this group, the wedding present. And I'll be honest with you. I hadn't heard of them. This is new to me. I was like, okay, wedding present, give it a shot. I think my favorite thing about the album is how no one is really trying to, I don't know, best a james bond tune they're just like "Eh, this is my version of it enjoy you know i never felt like anybody was like trying to show off or be better than the original song everybody brought sort of their own personal flavor to each track and so on the one hand i would say if you're looking for sort of really bombastic new takes on bond sound this album may not be that but it does have unique takes it's just interesting interesting is the biggest word i can use for it and I did overall enjoy it, though. I want to be clear. It's not like interesting with a frowny face.
3: It's interesting with a smiley face. OK, I'm going to use a bigger word. I think it's a very idiosyncratic album.
0: That's what, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs>
3: Jared's now Googling that to see what it means. <laughs> no, I, I think it's very much a reflection of those 20 different people or however many people made it, that each track, as you said, is, is an individual take on a favorite Bond song everything from and we'll get to one of them foreign language versions to there's one i think it's the Thunderball one which i don't think is on our pick list where basically somebody goes into a whole monologue about how they were watching a thunderbolt movie with their dad on tv and stuff right in the middle of the song is yeah yeah and there's great instrumentals and as i said i think it really shows the range of all those people that have been in and out of the group the wedding present it really does bring that breadth of talent different styles different approaches into a very interesting album that really surprised me i'm not a great fan of particular as you know of electronic music and things like that but i actually really enjoyed this this album it was a very pleasant surprise let's head into it so as i said i actually really enjoyed this i was very pleasantly surprised by how much of it i enjoyed it's certainly different and actually i find it difficult to pick just three top picks but here we are my pick number one Will be no surprise at all to anybody that's looked at the track list, because it's a law that if there's a cover version of Honor Majesty's Secret Service on an album, it has to be my number one pick. That's in the constitution of that contract that apparently I signed (laughs) early on. So let's kick off with the Honor Majesty's Secret Service by Sean Sharman, track number 19 on the album. I really like it. I mean, I like this modern update. And I didn't think it was possible, but it actually gives it a greater sense of urgency and a bit more drive than the original. I was really blown away by this, particularly with it being like the next to last track, having listed 18 other tracks. And I was like, yeah, I quite like this album. And then this came on. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, this is really cool.
0: I'd have to agree with you. I think it's high energy, but it doesn't lose its source material. I have a feeling if they were all in a room, David Gedge was like, all right, we're going to do this Bond thing. And Sean was like, dibs and majesties. <laughs> like, oh, everybody was like, oh, we got it, you know? Because oh, it, it's rocking and it's high energy. And it definitely would have been in my three picks if I was on the lead of this. But yeah, no, great, great choice, Alan. Great Yeah. Choice.
3: Cool. So talking about varying or not varying away from the source material, track number two, we're gonna take a definite hard right turn away from the source material. <laughs> or left, I don't know. Anyway, we're doing a, a 90 degrees because. Let's face it, how often do you get a Ukrainian cover of a Madonna song? It's different, it's fun, and it's way better than the original, which most things are when they cover this song. One of the reasons I picked it is really because it reminded me of that awesome Gregorian chant that we found on the Live and Let Die episode. So um, I just thought it was fun. As soon as it came on and I realized what it was, because I was actually listening to it doing something else and didn't have the track list in front of me, as soon as it came on and I realized what it was, I was just smiling all the way through. So <laughs> let's give it a go. Die Another Day by the Ukrainians. <laughs>
1: Але не сьогодні Ще не настав час But it's not there.
3: You can't see it here but Jared is just laughing. So much.
0: <laughs> I think they could do well on certain Lithuanian talent shows.
3: They probably could. The one thing I didn't find out when I did the research is what the Ukrainian connection is to the wedding present because that was definitely not a West Yorkshire accent they were using. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. I need to at some point maybe dig in a bit and find out what the connection is. But I just loved that. Like I said, it just made me smile all the way through and I saw you smiling and laughing as uh, we were playing it. So,
0: your thoughts, Jared? I'm never gonna shy away from a wacky uh James Bond version. I have no idea what they're saying, but they got all the energy in the world, man. And uh I just have to assume it's the lyrics to die another day. I don't know. But they went for it and it's just a lot of it puts a smile on your face. You can't like listen to it and not smile. So yeah, it's a good time. I'm assuming it's the right lyrics because you know it's die another day.
3: So Yeah. <laughs> So I assume it's the right lyrics or something equivalent to that that gives it the right beat and tempo. But yeah. All right. For my third pick, I'm actually going to go and finish out with the track that kicked off this whole project and was my first exposure to the album, which is the You Only Live Twice version by the full band, The Wedding Present Themselves. The one thing is actually, as I was listening to this a couple of days ago before prepping for doing the show, Jill walked by and she said, oh, what's that one? That reminds me of The Kinks. I like that. So this album passed the Jill test. And she's right, actually. I think this does have a a feel of The Kinks to it as well. So let's give a listen to uh, You Only Live Twice by The Wedding Present.
2: The danger of the stranger is gone This dream is for you So pay the price Make one dream come true You only live twice Stranger, who'll you on? Don't think of the danger, or the stranger is gone.
3: course that opening baseline got me anyway i mean so
0: that's great yep that's it that's what you're gonna say it's great oh oh sure i got more to say (laughs) (laughs) definitely definitely would have been in my three again if i was the lead on this episode just a real kind of cool smooth laid back really love the guitar work i mean like you said the baseline and then all throughout that just how they did the, you know, that signature sound but they put a new uh a new version of it it all came together really well just It's a good representative, I think, of this whole CD, of how it's very different from the source material, yet respects the source material, and kind of has that cool laid-back sound.
3: Yeah, I I can see why, you know, doing this kicked off the whole idea of maybe doing more. So, yeah, very much so. All right, so that's my three picks. Let's pass it over to Jared, and uh, he can pick some morsels from what's left.
0: Luckily, there's some pretty good morsels left, so let's just get right into it. My pick numero uno is going to be GoldenEye by The Moths. The Moths, Alan, The Moths.
3: Well-known band,
0: yeah. No. I-, <laughs> I got nothing. I heard if you leave your light on outside, n- <laughs> never mind. Never mind. But I picked The Moths because I thought this was a completely different sound than the GoldenEye you expect from Tina Turner's version and I think that works in its favor. I mean clearly no one should ever compete with Tina Turner vocally so this version focuses more on jazzing up the backbeat which I think is a wise move and I just really like the drum and guitar work and the bass line that's always welcome so let's give it a listen. doing it just then with the little percussion adventure it takes us on what do you think yeah. i mean you made a
3: good point about not trying to compete with tina turner vocally so this goes completely in the opposite direction it just goes to almost monotone spoken lyrics
0: <laughs> it's almost that william shatner yeah yeah man. A, a rocket man type thing.
3: <laughs> and it works it works really well and actually talking about rocket man thing that reminded me i think where it would really work for me i can imagine listening to this really late at night in a jazz club you know environment just slow back laid back you know Mm. um, type thing and it really does drive the percussion it was very much of a a jazz jazz sound to it so i thought it was a very interesting take on goldeneye that works really well And like i say i could definitely see it being a late night jazz club type performance
0: definitely all right, let's get into my second track. If you are contractually obligated to put different versions of the Honor Majesty Secret Service theme, then I am contractually obligated to put on different versions of the James Bond theme itself. This one is by a group called the Slezoids, which I think I've been a member of. I'm not sure. But it is the very, very first track of this album. And I mean, if you're doing a James Bond album, maybe put the Bond theme first. Not a bad idea. And like I said, I'm never going to not put a new Interpretation of Bond theme on the list or on our podcast. Even this one is though it's, it's kind of bizarre and kind of grungy sounding. It's one of the most different ones I've ever heard, but I still think it's worth a listen. So let's spin that track. Woo! Where you give your thoughts. (laughs) Okay. Which I'm looking forward to giving. (laughs) First question I have for you with that sort of weird, kind of out there, grungy sounding James Bond theme, if you had to assign one of the James Bond actors to that theme, who would you select? Oh, that is a good question. (laughs) I was thinking about it while the music was playing. Actually, I think Pierce. Yeah, I could definitely see that because it he's the 90s bond right and that's yes it.
3: the 90s bond i was thinking of the moby version of the bond theme that worked with pierce well daniel's too dour and slow and i don't
0: know i landed on pierce too so great yeah. minds think alike yeah well, <laughs> fools never differ one of the two <laughs> so what did you think of the track
3: when i first got this album and started listening to it this was you know With all the electronic stuff and the distortion and stuff at the beginning, I'm like, what the hell is this? I hope Because I don't like electronic generally. Um, I was like, what am I listening to? I hope I didn't just waste my money. Don't tell me that you want to hear twice is the only decent track on here. You know, it's all going to be like this. I will say it took a couple of listens to this track for me to really start to sort of get it. I can't say I actually enjoy it. There's one thing that distorted with that crackle distortion over the top of it. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of a theme tune from a Saturday morning cartoon, but for the life of me, I can't remember which cartoon it is. And every time I hear it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's like, Mm. I just can't get it.
0: Mm. I'm feeling that vibe, too. (laughs) How did you mention it?
3: Yeah, it's got that Saturday morning cartoon vibe
0: to it, but I can't remember which. Oh, my goodness. If If any of our listeners can help us out with that, if it sounds very similar to a Saturday morning cartoon that you can identify, please hit us up on Twitter at OHMSpod or... You can call the Longbox Crusade voicemail number at 707-532-5269 and let us know because it's going to drive us nuts.
3: Yeah. Every time I hear it, it drives me nuts. So yeah. Do I like it? No. am i coming to appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Is it driving me nuts? Definitely. <laughs> it kind of sounds like your take on this whole podcast we've been doing. <laughs> I was talking about the track, not you. Oh, I, Oh, okay. I took it personally, but... Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, <laughs> let's get in to my third and final pick, which is going to be track seven off of this album, and it is by Maria Scaroni, and the name of the song is The World Is Not Enough. This song is interesting because somehow it pulls off both Laidback and Peppy at the same time. This version has some really fun piano playing. It really puts me in mind of some of the more relaxed and stripped down songs we've done on our bonus tracks. Oh, by the way, if you haven't checked out the episode, we kind of teamed up the Rogue Agents with Alan here and we did a whole bonus tracks countdown episode just last month. So if you scroll back in our feed, we definitely recommend you check that out. But let's get to The World's Not Enough by Maria Scaroni, track seven.
2: I know I
0: laid back and peppy
3: yeah i think i preferred the late late but i would have liked to have heard this just with the piano and voice i'm not sure i particularly appreciate the percussion over the top of it um mm, didn't like the peppy yeah it was okay but i was like shout and let me listen to the piano um mm, fair. you know so i yeah i think i would have preferred just that but yeah it's as you said it's an interesting blend of sort of laid back and peppy I think i would have preferred to have listened to sort of more just the piano and vocal
0: fair enough uh, again there was man i can't remember which bonus track we had it might, was it the world is not enough that was just piano and vocal we had one that was like that yeah we did i think it might have been the world is not enough yeah that uh, was a good one too though and it put me in mind of that but you're right you know i, I kind of enjoyed the little upbeat peppiness but in the end I, I definitely would like to hear a more stripped down just piano and vocals i think that would have been cool <laughs> Well, with that, I think it's time we should rate this album. And here on this show, we rate the album based on how much we think this should be in your audio library as a Bond fan. And we rate it on a scale of one to seven in honor of 007 himself. So on a scale of one to seven, Alan, how much do you think this album should be in a Bond fan's audio library? Given the fact that we tend to say
3: seven is for the actual soundtracks plus david arnold shaken and stirred Mm. those are our sevens i don't think this is in the seven category so i was like is it a six what we talked about up front i think you've got to have a pretty open mind as to what people do with the bond track if you're looking for Mm -hmm. versions of the bond scores that you know and love this may not be your thing but if you've got an open mind and you're open to different interpretations i think you might enjoy it so i think was a very long, rambling way of me saying I think it's a five.
0: I completely agree. I pegged it at a five as well. I think it should be in a Bond music fans library, but does it have to be? No, it doesn't have to be. You know, they can't all be Bond beat and bass. Thank God for that. Alan <laughs> goes on and on about how much he doesn't like electronic music and just wait till you see what I bring next episode.
3: <laughs> I saw the title and that was of got me worried.
0: <laughs> we'll find out. Anyways, you know what, folks? That's going to bring us to the end of this episode of Pod Music 6, The Best. If you've got a question or comment, you can email us at ohmspod at outlook.com or comment directly on our Twitter at ohmspod. And don't forget to subscribe to Our Magic Secret Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Leaving a rating and review would be great as well. And a big shout out to the Mirror magazine over there in the United Kingdom that ranked us one of the top Bond podcasts to listen to in 2022. So that was pretty sweet.
3: Uh, I'm going to be a nitpick, actually. It's not a magazine. It's a newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) One day I'll get through the whole episode. It's it's a tabloid newspaper. But whatever, it was very sweet. I'm a great surprise to be in a national newspaper list of one of the top Bond podcasts to listen to. So thank you.
0: Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Thank you. Pip Jones uh, did that article, and uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, I've chatted with Pip, and she's a fan of the show, so we may have to get her on as a guest at some point. That would be cool. From her, not magazine. From her, <laughs> <laughs> you can
3: edit that out. You'll fix it in post.
0: No, I think it's funny enough to. Leave. <laughs> One of these days, I'll get through an episode. All right, here we go. As always, if you like to chat with us personally on social media, I can be found at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my art at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Alan? And you can find me on Twitter at Bond Lexicon and on Tumblr and Instagram
3: at James Bond Lexicon. And, of course, if you are a fan of the James Bond Lexicon book, you can keep up with all the happenings around the book and all the happenings Bond-wise on Lexicon.online where we actually, last week, updated the Lexicon entries with the Playboy-exclusive James Bond origin comic story, A Train to Catch, which added several additional entries and updated a couple. So I think now we have got 63 new entries since the book came out in April, and five updated entries. So if you want to keep up with all the minutiae of the things that are happening with the new Bond projects that are coming out, just check out jamesbondlexicon.online. And know no time to die has not been done yet, but it will be soon.
0: Excellent. Yes, can't recommend that enough. Thank you for joining us for this episode.
3: This episode's tracks are from the 2021 Not From Where I'm Standing project, which is available on CD or digital download. As always, we'd like to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or CD or vinyl. Please support the Bond creative community. We will be back with six of the best as we return with Gerard's next spin-off selection, SpyTech, the soundtrack to the Discovery Channel documentary of the same name, which has got me intrigued. And now you've got me scared because you said it's full of electronic music. So I may not be back next episode, folks.
0: (laughs) I think there's something in there that's going to keep you around. I I won't say any more, but I think there's um, certain someone lends his voice to a lot of tracks that you're going to like. Okay, now you've got me intrigued. And with that... I guess we'll catch you guys
3: next time. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening.
2: A cold finger. He's the man, the man with the lighter's touch. A spider's touch. Such a cold.
3: script what script yes who needs it
0: (laughs) (laughs) scripts are for suckers all right all right right, here we
3: go have you finished looking up idiosyncratic yet i gotta learn how to spell it
0: first game okay
3: that's true that's the one problem with google you actually have to know how to spell (laughs) the words to look them up and when you're slightly dyslexic like me that doesn't help which is why when my teachers always used to say, look it up in the dictionary, I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? If I I look it up in the dictionary, it means I know how to spell it. (laughs)